Cyborgs, those creepy, freaky, super geeky, half-man, half-machine stars and villains of countless sci-fi movies and anime too bizarre for me to dive into. But, the real question is, are they really the future of man? And I tend to think that maybe they are, and not in that superhero entire context sort of way where you're gonna have like the Terminator walking around covered in human skin or uh, you know like cyborg from the Teen Titans where it really is like 50% man and machine or maybe it's like 70 I don't know I don't know what the math is okay <clears throat> but there's all kinds of really cool uh, technological advances on the horizon and really beating at our doors or at least creeping up the driveway right now ready to infect our lives with all kinds of cool new gadgets and that's what we're going to talk about today. I am Bill Unstoppa. This is the Unstoppa Bill podcast and resistance is futile. So the first one of these that's probably going to be a major game changer for a lot of people is this synthetic skin. It's stretchy, solar powered, durable and allows for touch sensation using what's called organic transistors uh, to complete the functions. And the transistors are made from flexible polymers and carbon structured like a series of inverted pyramids so when it's compressed the uh, electricity conducted or the surface area between the uh, <coughs> I'm sorry here uh, the surface areas between the the pyramids gets smaller and so there's more continuity and there's more electricity moves and that uh, increases the sensation um, to the uh, to the delivered appendage right so I guess from the delivered appendage to the brain uh, however however you want to phrase that right but what's cool is even the solar cells inside the skin are flexible they stretch up to 30 percent beyond the original size without damaging the uh, panel or causing a reduction of power <clears throat> it could even be used as sort of a taste or smell organ by coating the transistors with molecules that naturally bind to the target molecule whatever the substance you wish to smell or detect or taste would it really be taste I mean I guess, right? It's just electrical signals interpreted by a brain. I don't know what, uh, how many volts or ohms it takes for a uh, chicken sandwich, but I'd like to know that one day quantitatively, right? This could be used for all sorts of different things that are non-biological in nature, uh, like drones. Like imagine a drone coated with these uh, electronic transistors flying over uh, the scene of like a collapsed building, you know, or like some mine, and it could actually be programmed to detect, you know, biological agents, blood or saliva, urine, or it could be used to detect inorganic compounds and turn it into like a drug sniffing dog or a bomb sniffing dog uh, and be far more accurate because, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, uh, train dogs, you know, search dogs, they give false positives a lot and just because they reward with seeking behavior. Uh, and I mean, who can blame Ren 1010 for wanting an extra Scooby snack? I mean, you can't even leave the donuts in the break room alone. One study in California, uh, University of California, showed uh, using 18 dogs to search a room 144 times resulted in only a 15% success rate. That's an 85% false positive rate. Uh, out of the 144, Attempts, the dogs indicated drugs 123 times in a room that never actually had any drugs in it. So, from the aspect of uh, injustice there, or you know, societal interest, there's a lot of need to develop, you know, more accurate uh, technology. Things that are just completely immune to our 
biological impulses for Scooby Snacks and uh, Breakroom Donuts. But there's other really cool aspects to these uh, skins too, and that's you know they could be used to detect medical conditions in like burn victims who get these synthetic skins grafted onto them and instead of the old method of you know cutting away a slice of their ass and uh, gluing it to the burn area but now they got the uh, added comfort of maybe having some cancer pre-screens or other viral things like you maybe it could even be one day uh, a built-in feature you know instead of a, a microchip implant like you get a little tiny wristband that sits on your you know, like your watch, and it's got little detectors in it, these uh, organic transistors, and they are constantly sniffing your sweat and stuff like that, and uh, telling you, hey, you know, you need to drink some water, you need to do this, you need to do that, oh, by the way, you've got pancreatic cancer, you know, shit, at least you saved a lot on your uh, doctor copay for the diagnosis and the biopsy. And then moving on beyond skin, you've got the big obvious, right, which is your uh, traditional prosthetic you know, arms and legs, and now they've got ones uh, that they're working on shows great promise in the near future with uh, wide-scale distribution of thought-controlled prosthetics. Yep, bionic limbs. Finally, some full-scale Terminator meets Ex Machina era kind of science fact shit. They've been testing these on monkeys, and I gotta wonder if do they buy amputee monkeys or like rejects from other experiments or where the only needed the arm, you know, and just chopped it off and sold the rest of the monkey, you know, or maybe they chopped the arms off and needed the rest of the monkey. They chopped the arm off, put the uh, prosthetic on, and then sell the, the arm to some other research lab or maybe one of those creepy souvenirs that you used to find. Um, hopefully not anymore because that's cruel as shit. But then, like, does the uh, prosthetic have monkey strength? Because like, monkeys are really, really strong, right? I'm not sure I'd want a, some cybernetically enhanced chimp swinging around the lab holding a grudge could uh, cut his arm off to test a new trinket. And then, you know, what, what's after that? they got to tinker with the brain to get the arm to work. But, yeah, so they were, they were giving these monkeys these cybernetic arms, and they could actually pick up food objects and touch computer screens and that. And, you know, they were really kind of uh, capitalizing on the monkey's uh, similarity, the chimpanzee's similarity, because it's not a monkey, it's an ape, technically. I don't know the exact difference between an ape and a chimpanzee, so don't ask. I know you didn't ask, but... Um, so, but then, they, they want to tinker with the monkey's brain, and of course they're, they're going to do that. And a Chinese scientist, a Chinese scientist, a, a Chinese uh, research lab, successfully spliced macaque monkey DNA to increase their intelligence, specifically a gene called MCPH1, believed to be pivotal in human brain development. The uh, genetically improved chimps showed a much higher brain development and um, memory ability, even though the brains weren't actually any bigger. But chimps, not macaques, were already smarter than people at something. It was short-term memory games or working memory. A Japanese lab taught several chimps to count to 19 and then on a computer screen showed them the numbers 1 through 9 located randomly across the screen. And the chips would have to memorize the locations of the numbers and then as soon as they touched the first button all the other ones would disappear, right? So they touch number 1, boom, the screen goes blank and then they would get the uh, just the little buttons on there, so the numbers went away. The screen didn't go blank, and they would have to go through and punch each one in order. 
The best human player only got it right one out of 30 tries, and the chimps all scored 90% on average with the exception of one chip named Ayumi, who exceeded the other chips by far. He was able to perform the game with 19 digits, double the capacity of the best human, and maintain that 90% accuracy. So uh, do not challenge a chimp to bop it or Simon because he's going to smoke you and he's going to laugh at you in front of his chimp friends. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be fun for you. Which is kind of why I'm having this podcast here, this discussion, is because we want to get on the path to having enough cybernetic advantages to resist our would-be simian overlords. But in order to do that, we're going to need a newer high-performance lubrication system, you know, a top-notch full synthetic. Yep, synthetic blood is on the horizon. Enhanced, advanced, and better than the meat sauce that is you, these new red blood cells developed by research... uh, with American Chemical Society are made by coating real red blood cells with the silica dust and then polymers and then the silica is etched away leaving the new artificial capsule uh, red blood cell. It's like an empty um, capsule that's the size of a red blood cell um, to be filled with uh, anything they want, you know, typical oxygens or nutrients and even anti-cancer drugs or magnetic antiparticles or I'm sorry, magnetic nanoparticles, not antiparticles. We're not getting into Star Trek today. Uh, but that means uh, the magnetic uh, nanoparticles can be used to directly deliver um, medicines to tumors and stuff, right? So they can put the anti-cancer drug inside their uh, synthetic red blood cell along with the uh, magnetic uh, nanoparticles and then lure the medication, the red blood cells, directly to the affected area or the tumor itself, right? If it's accessible by the magnets, you know, from outside and deliver a concentrated dose just to the area that's needed, right? So they can keep those toxins that are killing the rest of the cells from getting to those other cells because it gets concentrated primarily to the tumor and you know reduces the overall negative effect on the patient. Other potential uses is maybe they could load them with uh, clotting agents and give them to people that were at high risk for bleeding out like hemophiliacs. And then, you know, being a cyborg, you got to enhance the mind, you know, your man-machine interface. And that used to be man-machine interface before things got politically correct, and now we have to call them human-machine interfaces. We don't want to leave anybody out, okay? Um, one of the new ones that's uh, out there, or it's not even out there yet, right? It's just one of those theories or, or prototype. I don't even know if they've come up with a prototype. I guess it's just a theme. Uh, the, the Neuralink, right? That's Elon Musk's pet child along with uh, all his other projects where they're going to drill holes in your skull and insert needles into your brain, wires, like very thin wires into your brain and wire you to the internet. And then you've got things like a brain net being researched by Cornell University that uses transdermal magnetic resonation or transcranial magnetic resonation to create a artificial uh, telepathy between individuals. I have no idea, you know, how far along they are with this or if they've had any success at all. I didn't read, read real deep into the study, but all this kind of really got me thinking about, like, where do we draw the line? Like, how far into this uh, cybernetic future do we want to go? I mean, what are, what are the privacy and safety risks? I mean, think about that. I mean, you could be... Uh, 
hooked up to the neural link and sitting at your dinner table uh, with your family and you think about the wrong link and now your new cybernetic arm goes into Asian massage parlor mode on its own and your fist is violently jerking off the ketchup bottle in front of the wife and kids while your bank info and private fantasies are uploaded onto Pornhub and you're left drooling like a lobotomized goldfish in a koi pond full of hydroxychloroquine phosphate until the ketchup bottle explodes and covers the wall in a mess that resembles the shitty meat sauce that used to fill your veins before you upgraded to Mobile One full synthetic human juice. Now your brain is fried and the crash repair costs more than you can afford, but there's an option to trade your Jerkinator 3000 arm for a patch download because the software creators added a zero liability clause to the terms of service, but you didn't even read them because the fine print was four times longer than the Bible and twice as boring. Then there's the philosophical question of how much human is human? Three limbs and one robo? Less than half of the OEM equipment? 50%? Do I hear two legs, an artificial heart, two legs, a heart, and a pancreas? I got two legs, a heart, and a pancreas. Do I got two legs, a heart, and a pancreas, and a Jerkinator 3000? Going once, going twice. Sold to the lady in the back with the ocular implants, artificial knee, and false teeth.